The necktie of her ex was still clasped in her hand when Natalie woke. Her head was pounding, and her mouth tasted bad, like she'd fallen into bed without brushing her teeth. She had a horrible, cloudy feeling that she'd done something regrettable. But in that moment, she couldn't remember what it was. She wasn't at home. Instead, she was upright, a seatbelt crossing her chest. In front of her was the windshield of her own car, coated in a sheet of frost, and her I Love Colorado keychain was dangling from the ignition. Natalie realized then that she'd blacked out. It had happened before, when she was much younger, and the memory of that awful awakening hit her with an electrifying jolt. After a frantic inspection, she concluded that all her clothes were on and nothing seemed torn or altered. She slipped the tie into her coat pocket. Yanking the rearview mirror toward her face, she saw that her hazel eyes were huge, the pupils' tiny pinpoints, and her mascara was smudged. A chapped crack ran down the bottom of her lower lip, but there were no other bruises or cuts. It didn't appear that she'd crashed into a building or a tree. There were no sirens. She rolled down her window and a thin wall of ice collapsed into the car, dampening her plaid skirt. It was almost dark outside. Work, she was at work. Across the snowy parking lot, she could see the back door to the east wing of the private school where she was an administrative assistant in the front office. Pulling on her stocking cap and opening the car door, Natalie noticed footprints, slightly softened by snowfall, leading from her car to the rear exit of the school's gym. Another set of identical prints returned from the door to the car, but not in a straight line. They zigzagged, and there was a large compression in the snow, just about the size of a small person like her. Gingerly, she lowered one boot into the first of the prints to make sure it was a match. It was. It seemed likely that the body-shaped spot in the snow was an indication that she'd fallen, and a quick pat-down of her coat confirmed that it was wet. Natalie stepped out of her car and squinted into the wind. Her legs felt weak, as if she'd just returned from one of her longer runs. She retraced her own tracks, leading to the school. The sky was changing color from a grayish stormy dusk to night. And it struck Natalie, who loved art, that the swirling white flurries between her and the stars resembled a monochrome Van Gogh painting. Snow-capped peaks surrounded her on all sides. Down the mountain was the town center. Lights twinkled. Houses, vacation condos, and old-timey shops were piled like Christmas gifts on top of one another, alongside a dark and twisting river. The heavy back door was ajar. When she tugged on it, it groaned, scraped, and opened. Heart pounding, she went in. During school hours, the sports pavilion would have been filled with the sound of bouncing basketballs, laughter, whistles, and sneakers squeaking on the gym floor. Now there was distant, droning pop music playing up on the mezzanine, but no one was singing along or dropping weights to the floor with a crash. Natalie walked with slow, hesitant steps over to the double doors that opened onto the basketball courts. Normally, those doors stood propped open by gray rubber wedges. Now they were closed, but each had a rectangular window. Natalie curled her hand and made a cup for her eyes. It took a second to see anything at all. The court was dim, 
a glow only from the small green emergency lights situated over the doors and in the corners of the room. Her eyes were adjusting. Something was there. She jumped away from the door as if the glass had burned her skin. Her hands flew up to cover her mouth. A scream almost escaped, but she stopped it in her throat with a choking noise. Not far from the door was what looked like a crumpled pile of clothes and broken body parts, motionless in the middle of a spreading pool of blood. What the hell did I do?